Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton, and I am here with my fellow co-host. J. Allen Cross. Very happy to be here. Mm -hmm. So what do we got going on today for this episode? We have second part of our interview with a Miss Erica Buenaflor, who is here with us right now. Erica, welcome. Thank you so much for coming back here with us. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Britton, for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've I've been wanting to have you on the show for so long, and I'm so happy that we're finally doing it. And I feel like this is a good one. I can already tell. Like I'm like this is this is already a good a good two parter. So I'm very very happy about it. I want to immediately start talking about um, your latest book release on uh, animal medicine, which says a curanderismo guide to shape-shifting, journeying, and connecting with animal allies. Um, I had the privilege of getting an early copy of this and getting to read it, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And when I heard that you were having a book on shape-shifting, I was so excited because there's so much that we hear about this and there's so many different layers of it between it being like kind of like a a meditative journeying practice to it actually being a real physical phenomenon Uh, that's something that i came across in my book when i was doing the research is people would have stories about and and not even like back in ye old days but fairly recent times like yeah my grandmother saw somebody turn into a fox or Mm -hmm. um when i was a kid i saw somebody actually lift off the ground and fly like these things people have very real experiences with this stuff and so to see that this book was coming out was so exciting for me and the fact that you kind of talk about how we do this and and what we can learn from it what we can gain from it was so neat um so can you start by telling us you know what was the research process like for this because there's there's so much information in this and and especially kind of like from older practices how 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 did we how did we accumulate this information here for this book well you know the, the research process like it, it's it's a balance right cuz as you mm-hmm. you may know like some of the stuff isn't researching necessarily isn't the most glamorous sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it just cuz it's a lot of filtering a lot of reading a lot of willingness to do that and um going through cuz what what i was looking at too specifically i wanted to, to understand how did the ancient Mesoamerican people, like, what did they do? Because there's so many different artwork in that they're shape-shifting. And mm-hmm. there's, like, they're sumorphic. There's different aspects going on. They're, they're not just one animal. They're, sometimes they are one animal. Sometimes they're in trance dancing. Sometimes they're in ceremony. So I knew, like, that was definitely there. You know, when I was in academia, when I was in grad school, one of the things that, like, is a big thing was that, oh, you know, if you were – the shapeshifting, the shapeshifters, they were already like deemed as, um, and it was like in a negative context. Like they called them like they were they were they were witches. They were brujex, you know. They mm-hmm. were like they were practicing brujeria, um, because a lot of the imagery is, um, yeah, mm-hmm. they were doing some naughty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they were um, they were getting people's like soul pieces, you know, they, mm-hmm. in different mm-hmm. ways, and like using that energy to send soul illnesses to people. So I mean. 
there was that. There was that. Mm-hmm. So it's like filtering that and like going, okay, there was definitely some, they were doing some things that necessarily weren't on the up and up, but there were also mm-hmm. like, I also found too, um, you know, there was like ethno historians, like for example, Jacinto de la Serna, who was a 17th century, a 17, early 17th century ethno historian that he wrote about a curandero that healed a woman uh, in his form as a white dog. He'll, he'll, I'm sorry, oh, wow. healed this, this woman's husband in his form as a white dog. And the, the, the wife, when she saw the white dog, she like tried to like beat the, the dog. Like it was like going after the dog, like, what are you doing? And Cause he was coming out of, out of her husband's room. And he said, what, what, you know, he came back in the house. He's like, why did you try to do that to me? You know, I was healing your husband. Um, and, and she's like, oh, you know, but he did, he did heal. And that's in his form as, as an animal guide, like as an animal, you know, shapeshifter, that's how he healed. And it was just very interesting that Jacinto de la Serna, who was a very conservative um, missionary, identified him as a curandero. Oh. You know, so it's it's very like 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 seeing those different biases. Like it was a mm. lot of different reading, a lot of different stuff because I had to filter through and compare. Okay, well, where did this missionary come from? You know, what were their biases? Who were their their trainings? What because. Um, and and it's interesting because a lot of them wrote, for example, like they wrote a lot about when people would die, when people would would um, die the same way the animal died by location. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when like a person's in their their animal and also in their physical, which mm-hmm. which when in my research too, because I also did some research too in in like European like shape shifting practices. So I wanted to see like, okay, well, what do they do like? I, I, I like to like research as, you know, even if it's not going to be in my book, I want to know as much as I can. Yeah. You know, I want to see that what, what they have to say about it too. It's a little different too in Mesoamerica because in Mesoamerica they have um, the people who are very, like they could, they could sew. Like one lady was sewing, was sewing and she was with other, other ladies, older, other older ladies. And um, she, she exclaimed like that this person shot her. And she had burns, third degree burns, the same way the caiman, the, that, you know, it's an alligator, it's a form of an alligator, crocodile that was burned. So the way, and then this other, in this other instance too, this gentleman who was, um, who turned into a fox, who's, his, his, he was by location too, as a fox, he was eating, you know, he was eating the, the chickens and the, 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 the person who owned the, the farm came over and started beating the fox like beating him to death. And like, as he was beating him to death, the other gentleman, you know, tells his friends, this person's beating me, this person's killing me and actually dies that way. And the same way that he was beat, like that fox was killed. So Mm -hmm. I I feel like a lot of those stories were taken because it was, that was like so extreme. They were like so extreme that like, they were like, okay, there's something going on there. It's not just these people making up stories. So that led me, because I, there were so many of those too. There were so many of those mm-hmm. too that it led me believe that this is a lot more common. Because if the, those stories mm-hmm. made it into very conservative missionaries that didn't necessarily want to talk about these things, but they were like, okay, this is going on. It made it yeah. this a lot more common that it was. So it was, it was gathering a lot of that information and assessing Okay, because in academia it was thought like, okay, the, those all of the shapeshifters they were bad, and like that was like almost like accepted by a lot of <laughs> academics. And it's like, 
no, that's not what this says. And that's not, you know, it's like, I look at a lot of different things and even question, just question, 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 and be like, okay, this says that, that says that and compare. And also talk to my mentors too, what their experiences have been. And, um, and to like in, in Mexico, like a lot of my mentors, like initially, um, especially in my first day, they, they didn't, it's very uh, private. Just start, you have to gain trust to start, so they start oh, yeah. telling you the stories. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's because some of the experiences that they've had, they haven't been necessarily positive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people who are shapeshifters, they're believed to have very strong, um, what are known in Nahuatl as it's a Hyotl energies, like very primal energy. So they also do, can do some very powerful brujeria. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they're like, and that's a big thing. Like they're, they're not like scared necessarily about like with the community, but like the person, they don't want to like piss the person off. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the same shapeshifter doesn't necessarily want people to know what, what they can do a lot of the times. Yeah. So it's like keeping. Absolutely. So I mean, you like you have to develop like a trust with the with the person that's talking to you, with the person that's sharing with you, the mentors. And my mentors eventually shared a lot of their stories with me, but it took a lot of time to develop that trust. Mm-hmm. It's not like someone that you can be like, "Hey, let me go go talk to so and so and talk about this," mm-hmm. because you know they don't they're they're scared of like a little bit of uh, retaliation. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't know if you're a reporter or or who you're gonna then right. turn around and go and tell. So and yeah, so much trust goes into that. Oh gosh, yeah, and it's interesting too. Like you're talking about, you know, the fact that this was actually recorded and taken seriously, and not just kind of like, oh, this is just a superstition. Like you know. The fact that they felt they need to be like, no, this is this is a real thing. Yeah, that has happened. I think that that speaks volumes. Yeah, there was um, one lady who was recorded <laughs> to like go into a cathedral um, as as a bat, and there were like at least like five or six people that saw her there, and they were trying to like like. But the thing is that they noted that the bat because she was a this was a physical location, a physical shape shifting because mm-hmm. there's different types mm-hmm. of shape shifting. You know, and this was a physical shape shifting rather than a bilocation. So what they recorded that a lot of the physical um, shape shifting, at least in Mesoamerica, that they looked, they looked um, almost, they had some human aspects. They didn't look quite like the animal, but they, mm-hmm. they were definitely an animal, but they, they were like a little bit odd, like odd in the sense of like, maybe their, their head was a little bigger. They just had, it was just a little different. So they were hitting at a bat and they were, and then the next day, this lady came over and complained to them and said, why did you guys hurt me? <laughs> this little old lady goes over there and like, why did you guys try to beat me? I just was going in and I was going to try to get like shelter and food. <laughs> you know, so. Just trying to live my best bat life. Yeah, like, exactly. But yeah, they, I mean, they, they were definitely, it happened so frequently that they were recording these things. Yeah. And I love kind of the, the the nonchalance a lot of people have with it. Like, I was just just batting around. Like, what what's what's the big deal? Like, the 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 calmness and the um, the realistic approach to it is so interesting. Like, yeah, this is a thing that we do. Yeah, it, I mean, it was still like early on in Mexico, so a lot of people were they weren't like used to like what you know, like dealing with like a lot of the Spaniards, like yeah, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And this is what it is. And it was an older lady too. 
So, I mean, she's yeah. like, this is how I do it. This is the way I, this is what we do. It's not, it wasn't that, un- definitely wasn't uncommon or as uncommon mm-hmm. as we may think. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff too was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Like if we really kind of like look back at it, especially like kind of the old day stuff, but it's still continuing to this day. Like I was saying, I have people whose grandparents or they themselves had seen something as children or stuff. Like this is not something that used to happen back then. It's something that's continuing on. And I think that's something that people like to kind of fairy tale it a little bit. Like, oh, once upon a time. But it's it's very, very real. And that's why I'm so excited about this book. Oh, gosh. Okay. So in your book, you also discuss kind of certain animals corresponding to uh, kind of like the, the different worlds. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what kinds of things um, some of the different animals may have to teach us? There's three primary, what we call non-ordinary realms. And this is pretty prevalent throughout all of Mesoamerica. There's an upper world where there are certain medicines in these different non-ordinary realms, right? So in the upper world, there's a me- medicine of innocence, of, of innocence, playfulness, purity. Like it's just sweetness. It's being able to like go and flow and fly and um, be in, in it, they call it a paradisal realm, like a floral paradisal mm-hmm. realm. It's known as Xochicali in Innuado. Right. Um, and it's, it's medicine there. It's also our soul pieces are there too. Like, for example, if somebody doesn't want to see something about someone or maybe had an experience that their mother and father, like maybe did something that was like, I don't know, maybe they cheated on their, on their, their partner. And they, they just like felt really like traumatized by that, that they don't want to see certain things. They're in the upper world. They may have had like a trauma that they're in the upper world because they they don't want to see things. They want to be in a fantasy land. So it's like yeah. it has a like that not a double-edged charge, but there's also, but there's your soul pieces there getting medicine because you want to be in that reality where your mother or your father, for that example, didn't do something, or maybe you're living your best life when you're like everything is falling apart. You know, so there's mm-hmm. there's different medicines there. So an animal that is associated with the upper world, like usually it was like monkeys or birds that could fly, or um, there were dragons that could fly as well that, that can go into different realms, but they can, you can either like work with them as an animal guide and journey with them, or you can become them and go there to like find yourself there to get medicine from there. You can get like messages from your ancestors. Like, so they, they help you navigate there when you work with those animals and they, they give you strength they give you strength. And, you know, for, for example, one of the, and I've been seeing a lot of hummingbirds and I'm, I'm always kind of like, do I need to still be a warrior? Please? No. <laughs> they're, letting <laughs> Please no. they're letting me know, like, yeah. you know, cause I had one instance and I wrote about this in the book where, um, I had a, I was, I was doing some, they were doing some like different, like landscaping in my backyard. And, um, I had a, a temple built and it was, you know, I was told like, oh, you know, you can put it on gravel. It's going to be fine. It's, you know, they, so we, we you know, we, we did it to their specifications. But what happened is, is that when it was hotter, like the door to open up the temple kept getting stuck. So I was calling and I'd, I'd be like, okay, guys, the door's still stuck. You guys got to come out mm-hmm. here. So I think about like the fourth time the the owner of the company got on the phone with me and it was like, you know, we're kind of tired of going out there. You know, uh, you need to like find a more permanent way to fix it. 
And as he was talking to me, I had a hummingbird outside of my window, like literally flying, like doing like, 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 like acrobatic, like spins. And about two weeks before that, I had a journey where, and I knew it was, it was, I mean, this is, I saw hummingbirds were like, they had like, like warrior regalia. And in hummingbirds in Mesoamerica, it was like, it was thought that when warriors would pass that they would become hummingbirds, birds, butterflies, and hummingbirds was a big one. They were thought of like warriors, mm-hmm. right? So in my, my journey work, it was like, I was already seeing that the hummingbirds were coming to me. It's like, okay, you're sweet. You're wonderful. Just be that you, but you do need to be a warrior. You like, it was like, I was like, no, you know, so, but it was like beautiful. So I saw them as two weeks before that in like this war regalia. And then when I'm talking to the owner with the company, there's a hummingbird, like flying, flying, like reminding me, reminding me. And I'm like, oh, so I, I hang up the phone. I do a little research on there and I call him back and I'm like, okay this is why you guys are going to come out and fix it. You know, I could, I just did like some, I went on their website, found their warranty agreement. And I was like, um, because if you don't, I'm going to send you the bill of what it costs me to fix it. And they finally mm-hmm. came out and like repaced the door frame. They got it fixed, but it was like definitely a message. It's like, you need to step in and be a warrior. You can't be like, like just mid, little miss nice girl, you know, and, and they come in different, different ways. Like with, um, so the upper world, there's just so many different gifts there. And it's, it's a lot to do with like working with ancestors. There's messages there. And then there's a the middle world. The middle world is, it's, it's like basically like the medicines of the cardinal space, but it's also associated with like a different time and space. Like a lot of times when like um, we need to see something from a different time in our lives to understand what happened, certain messages to like basically to claim ownership, to rescript it. Like maybe we didn't get parented, parented a certain way that would have been like more ideal um, mm-hmm. to like go back. Like there's a lot of like soul retrieval work there, or maybe there's something like a message that we need to go back and explore like in a different life or a gift, a talent that we need to tap into that we've had in mm-hmm. a different life. Or like it's, it's very much um, associated with like what our experience have been on this realm, in this mm-hmm. world. And all the medicines mm-hmm. that are associated there, right? So it's it's usually like animals that are like um, mm-hmm. like like fertility, like associated with um, like here that are that are like like ter- terrestrial, you know mm-hmm. that that like they're so and also that, that there can be also like um, that that uh, give a lot of um, like that are also like um, they they hibernate like bears. I'm forgetting the word. What's the mm-hmm. word? <laughs> <laughs> when they uh yeah they're they're they're, they're seasonal right like they sleep or, yeah. so they're, they're they're associated with like the realms here in the middle world right and then there's the mm-hmm. underworld mm-hmm. where it's um the underworld is it's not like a hell some people like mm-hmm. a lot of people know that but it's it's the underworld yeah. where we need to work through our shadow aspects mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of the times like for example mm-hmm. like like jaguar like animals that are nocturnal are very much associated mm-hmm. with the underworld animals that go, can go in between spaces that can burrow under the ground that are associated with the water um because they can mm-hmm. navigate you and give you strength and give you guidance because the underworld can be sometimes very difficult to go through when we need to see those mm-hmm. those not so nice aspects of ourselves right so, you know, and then at the same time too, like I, I find a lot of uh, people there sometimes too, when they've had like sexual traumas or like, mm-hmm. like physical traumas or like they're in the underworld finding like in a cave, like trying to find shelter. 
So working with yeah. an animal, you know, that, that helps find them there, that gives them the courage so they don't need to feel like they need to seek shelter in a cave. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very much like, like there's so many gifts and like how we can connect and um, the animals can help find us, help find those soul pieces and those medicines and those gifts in those different non-ordinary realms. That is so beautiful. I love the idea of an animal coming to kind of like be with you through that because I'm, I'm that person at like a party where like I have social anxiety. So I'm the one that's like there in the corner with the dog, like petting the dog because like, I'm like, thank you so much for being here. Um, you make everything so much better. I can function because I have a dog to pet that is right here. Um, so just to think like in those dark places to have some sort of an animal helper that shows up and animals have such a kindness to them that it's like, okay, we can do this now. Like I I have a friend, I have someone who can guide me and, you know, animals, animals don't have the same judgments and hangups that we do as people. So I think they, they see so much clearer a lot of the time. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So Mm -hmm. in the book, you also talk about um, several different types of energy Um, And can you tell us about these and kind of how they're different or maybe why they're important to understand in this work? So I'm going to use the um, Nahuatl terms. There are different, there's so many different languages um, that are Maya, that are associated with Maya. So I'm going to use the Nahuatl terms, Um, but there's very similar understandings with with the Maya and the uh, Central Mexican, right? So it's believed that there are certain concentrations of energy in the body that are soul energies, Right. So, for example, Tonali, Tonali, which is that's that type of energy is our soul energy. When we experience traumas, that's the soul energy that can leave us. Right. And we can still be alive. But if people are haven't, um, you know, process like taking care of themselves, that they're, they're going to be empty. There's going to be a part of them that's empty. Right. So the Tonali is concentrated in the head. And and if you ever look at like the the artwork at um there's this there's this website famsi f a m s i dot org um that you can see a lot of the vase that the curvaces that the 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 Maya vase work where a lot of the soul energy when they're taking people's like when they're doing this different type of um, shape shifting that there's there's energy that's coming inside the head you know or going out mm. of the head right. So the tonali, it's uh, very much associated with like, it keeps everything into equilibrium. It's associated with a lot of the cognitive and it, it, you need to have like, this is like tonali helps keep everything into equilibrium, all of our other energies, mm-hmm. right? So it's very, very important. I mean, they're all important, but they have like subtle different nuances and functions, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and these are all like needed because the more, th- the most energy that you have, you have all the three the deeper you can go into shape shifting and the deeper you can go in connecting yeah. with your animal and the strength, the more strength you could go into doing journey work. Mm-hmm. So those, those are very much needed, you know, um, because it's a lot of times, you know, we, mm-hmm. we fall asleep or we we're not completely present, but it, it requires a lot of energy to do this work. Right. Or mm-hmm. at least be like, like healthy, like balanced. So there's the tonali and there's also known as a teolia which is associated with very much to the heart and the heart, the heart was, it was believed like if you lost your teolia, 
like you were dead. Like you, that was something that you could just lose uh, without dying. Those were constant in someone's life. And, you know, there was a lot of brujería that, that people could take, your teolia. You know, you could take mm-hmm. that. And it was, you know, it was, it was also believed that when people pass, like there, there were different processes of people passing when their certain soul energies would um, leave their physical body. Or like mm-hmm. they were, there was different soul energies going on there too. So the teolia is central to, it's, it's our access mundi. It's our ability mm-hmm. to, to travel. It's our ability to go into different spaces. It's mm-hmm. our ability. It's like the heart. It's the center to everything. Mm-hmm. It's the center to everything. And it's our ability to connect to different animals. It's our ability. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be used like in a good way, you know, because it can be used in a bad way. But it's also your ability to be like that sweetness to like, um, if you're using it in a negative way to like basically try to fool somebody and you do it in a sweet way. But it could also be something very beautiful. So it's something that like your charm, like it's a charm, but it's like a sweetness charm to be able to be able to access, to be able to journey. Um, so there's there's a teolia that's associated with there. And everything always had a heart, right? So then there's also the hyoro. The hyoro, that is our sense of will. That is our sense where it's usually like the, the primary ener- energy there. It's the abdomen region abdominal region or like, like the stomach, the bile, like it's um, like anything below, like the stomach, like up to like where our genitalia would be like in between that area. And that mm-hmm. is our sense of will. That is our, it was believed that with the hyoro that you could then use um, spell work. You can use word working to like charm somebody mm-hmm. just with, with the word, like with the breath. You know, just with the breath with being able to like bring something into being. And that was when you wanted to like do physical shape shifting or bilocation, that is where you needed the most because you need the most, the strongest sense of will. And it was a lot of like primal energy. Like it was like raising your primal energy, like building that primal energy that was definitely needed. So, you know, the, the tonali helps regulate all of them, right? The, the teolia, it helps you to be centered in that. The hyoro like gives you that primal, that willfulness to do that. So all those energies allow us to go and to go into deeper, whether like, for example, if it's just like what we would call like meditative spaces, you know, that's, that's, you can do that with like your teoria, your heart, you know, you don't necessarily need to have like a lot of will or a lot be, be balanced Men, you know, what we maybe we would say like mentally, emotionally, and spiritually like balanced. You can just have the, the mm-hmm. energy of like going through your heart. But if you go deeper and you want to go like into the astral realms to shape shift into the astral realms where you're actually to pick up certain items, you're probably, you're more than likely, not probably, you are going to need more energy to do that. You're going to yeah. need more balance. You're going to need like stronger thonati. So you need to do more soul retrieval work with that. You know, if there's like, um, like joining when like you join with an animal, you which is usually people don't do unless like it's an animal coessence, like you're, you share an, like a soul energy with your animal. Um, because if not, they can kick you out and they can get very angry because it can be very invasive for them. Um, but like the deeper you go, like the physical shape shifting, you will need more energy. So there's certain things that we can do, like do, um, like, like primal breath work, like primal dancing, like it, it is necessary if people are going to go deeper into that journey work to be able to like, not be shy about like howling like a wolf or like, 
like rolling around on the floor, like on the ground or doing whatever you're, you're primal because it's very much connecting to that primal energy, the hyoro, which is what very much what a lot of animals have. That primal, mm-hmm. you know, that, that primal instinct where they're not judging, they're not, you know, well, my, my dog does, ju- does judge every now and then. <laughs> I don't know why if I want to do that, but, you know, usually like out in the wild or I don't know. Um, they said that it's more primal. It's more primal. So it's like those energies, it was, it's still believed to this day that they need to be raised. They need to be developed. They need to be balanced because the more you can raise those energies, the deeper you can go into the work of different kinds of shape-shifting. Mm-hmm. I like that. It, it requires that sort of commitment to it and also kind of setting aside a lot of, a lot of your, your human stuff about, oh, we don't howl or roll around on the floor or anything like that, but kind of being able to kind of separate that and kind of make cameos, set this human part aside a little bit to kind of embrace. I like that. I like that. I can see how that would be necessary for sure. We we've talked about this a couple of times, um, or at least it's 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 come up a little bit. Um, this idea of of soul retrieval and and soul pieces being lost, and I know this it was in your second book that you discussed this idea. What does it mean to lose a soul piece and then have to go find it? Like why why is this important? Why like how how does how does this how does this all work? <laughs> So, you know, as I was mentioning, you know, and I'll use, um, in, in, in Tetzil, it's, it's Chuyel, but in, in, I'll continue using the Nahuatl terms, um, Tonali. So that's the part of the soul energy that leaves us. The Ijiro, by the way, too, that is constant. So the Ijiro and Teyolia is permanent, right? It stays constant because if you lose it, you lose those things, it's said that you die. Tonali, which is a soul energy, can leave. And mm-hmm. it's basically... I have not yet met a person that doesn't have some kind of experience of trauma to whatever degree. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, like, like our soul energy starts seeping out. It could be something whether like where it's, maybe it's a car accident or like a, mm-hmm. like a catastrophic injury or some kind of like something, something that shakes the person like susto, we call susto, which is shock mm-hmm. that, that has like the soul energy that's, that can leave, right? That's that's what it's known as in Spanish, the susto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could also be something that's constant. So basically, our soul energy, it can it's it's supposed to come back to us when we're honoring ourselves, when mm-hmm. we're giving ourselves what was needed, because it, those soul pieces leave and and go to one of the non ordinary realms, because they're 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 getting medicine there. They're getting mm. something that you're not, that we're not giving them. You know, maybe they, they don't feel safe. So they're going in the underworld to get shelter. Maybe they're, they haven't resolved a certain um, leaving a home or, or like, I don't know, the parents separating, they haven't resolved that. So they're going to those different times and spaces and they're there and they're, they're trying to like, they're getting medicine there. So mm. what, what happens if when we lose those soul pieces we continue to repeat those traumas in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically like, cause it's energy. It will be like, um, hello, can we work together? They'll come out in dreams. We'll, we'll, we'll have like repeated things. Like we'll go back to like, you know, if like something traumatic happened in high school, we'll be back in high school. 
back in high school, back in high school, you know, like whatever that was, like something, it will happen just letting us know, like you still have to work with this or it will mm-hmm. come out as a sickness, you know, like if we're really ignoring it, you know, come out yeah. as a sickness, it'll come out and so mm-hmm. manifest in some kind of way, you know, so it's, it's, it's important to have that. It's important to, to be able to work with those, those soul pieces. And, and one of the things that I, I recommend um, usually for people to do is to work for different aspects of themselves, you know, maybe as a, as a child, the adolescent, the teenager, the young adult, adult, and work with them and, and find out, you know, like invite them to work with you, you know, like also make ofrendas offerings to your child, like with bubble gums and stickers, like have a picture, like put them on your altar, like find out and connect with them. What is it that they need? How do they need to be loved? What are they missing? Yeah. Because they're not going to come back to us fully. And he, even the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the curandere or, or the shaman or whoever is facilitating that they can make the connection. So you, you find them and it could be easier for you to have, but to bring them back without like the person honoring them, they'll leave again. They'll leave again. So when they start, when we start learning to honor ourselves, we start getting more of that energy back. There's so much in that. And I feel like it's so interesting that like some of these very kind of like ancient beliefs around this stuff still hold true and things like modern trauma understanding about like, I remember the first time I was learning about like, like susto or like a spanto. And it's like, you know, sometimes these pieces leave until they feel like it's safe for them to come back, but sometimes it's, it's not safe for them to come back. And so they stay away and, and all this. But then when you learn about trauma and they're like, you know, you can receive a shock, but then if you are then moved into a safe space where you can process that and kind of move through that, then, okay, then, then it all kind of comes back. But if you receive the shock, but then stay in this unsafe environment that it can't, fix itself the way that it's supposed to. So it's folks in the ancient times, they knew things. We use different vocabulary for it, but it, I feel I'm like, we already knew. We already knew so much. So in, in your book, and I've heard you talk about this before as well, when it comes to soul retrieval and finding the pieces, um, pine cones come up every so often. And I loved when I first heard you talk about that because I was like, wait, a pine cone. And then <laughs> it made so much sense after you kind of talked about it. But can, can you tell me about where, where do pine cones fit into this of all things? So pine cones, um, they're, they're associated also with the non-ordinary realms, right? And mm-hmm. pine cones, like they can be used traditionally in various different ways. So in a, in a varida, which is a sweeping limpia, like, like using the pine cone, you can use it to help like move like blocks. So the person feels more clear, feels more grounded to invite that soul piece back. Um, a lot of times two pine cones are placed like in different places around the house to absorb any kind of like dense energy and like just to cleanse the spaces and to bring peace and serenity. Um, Cause it's, it's believed that it's, it has the energy of, of, of tree medicine and, and tree medicine. It's, Again, you you can, it's like wisdom, it's grounding, it's connecting you to all the different realms. So it's connecting you to all the different kinds of medicine. Um, so that's that's in, in relation to that too. And um, there's, there's different ways that we, we still use it. And sometimes we use it in burning. Like we can use it to like 
uh, when we went after body that to like burn the pine cone and like have that message being taken because the fire, it's believed that the fire takes the message up to our ancestors, to our guides and like mm-hmm. changes, transforms, like whatever that, that illness was or whatever was blocking the person. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of different ways to to use and to be able to facilitate that, to use the pine cones to facilitate different different kinds of healing for the soul retrieval, to clear out blocks, to open up spaces. Um, yeah. But we use a lot what we have like on hand, you know, it's like, right. oh, okay, this is what I have. Okay. And, and we use it like, cause it's believed that the nature mm-hmm. also talks to us, speaks to us, or it does. You know, it does. It yeah. lets us know this is how you need to use me and this is what you need to do with me. Yeah. Well, I think too, a lot of people, you know, they kind of know about, you know, getting rubbed down with like an egg. That's something that a lot of people know about. But then like through, you know, learning from you and kind of learning through, from others, like, you know, you, you come across things like, you know, sure, eggs, but also lemons and onions and garlic and 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 then true, it's, it's it's whatever is on hand. So like doing research for my book too, I came across some weird stuff. Like um, I found this video of these two guys who were, I think they were in Ecuador, um, going to see a curandera, and she was showing them like the different things that she was using to kind of like you know do the the cleansing with. And one of the things she had was a lemon, but it was plastic. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? And she's just kind of like, like, you know, it it works. They're like, you know, that gets a representation, but also like, you know, stuff can go into this. Like, it's not necessarily something you find very often, but like it does work. And then she shows them like how she cleanses it in between and like all this stuff. And it's like, I never would have thought about that. I also had another story where somebody um, came across a cuarendero who was using like an old boot. (laughs) <laughs> to like take it off, like all kinds of like, whatever. Yeah. Stuff can go into here. It's fine. We're just going to like, so it's, it's really sometimes it's just kind of whatever is on hand of, you know, it, you go with it sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, how to me, how to me or used mud. Like that was the most, yeah. most common thing, like water, like water was something yeah. that was essential in all of his healing practices and people heal people like from, mm-hmm. from like dire diagnoses, like with water, with, with, with mud. So it, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So in your books, um, you often take these very kind of important, sometimes ancient spiritual concepts, and you kind of put them in modern terms. And first of all, was that difficult to kind of, a lot of this is very complicated. It's very complex. And, but you put it in such easy to understand terms. Was that difficult to kind of distill it down to that? And also what has the response been like to that? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't feel like it was it was difficult because it like I said, it was like it came very intuitive. Like if anything, mm-hmm. like you know, when I was going and I was doing my research back in grad school, like I was like I, there were moments where I'd like cry because I remember doing these things. Mm-hmm. Like there were moments of like memories when I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember being here. I remember doing these things. So there was a sense of knowingness on my part. So I, I think like the 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 language for like translating it for me was already like, I knew it. I knew it. And I knew, you know, all that is like my answers were like, yeah, you like to make this information um, accessible, accessible. Because when I, when I was in, in, High school, like I was taught that my ancestors, all they were, were like, they just sacrificed. That was what I learned. It's like, oh, they just sacrificed. They were brutal. They were, you know, savages. It was, 
that um, understanding of Indigenous people is, was not very nice. You know, yeah. it has changed to some degree, but it's like then they what like somewhat like maybe at the turn of the century here, like um, with Maya, like oh well, they were they were contacted by aliens. So that's why they are able to build what they built, which I'm like, you know, maybe we had a hookup or two, but um, no, we were also like pretty awesome, you know? So it, it was, it was a sense of like, like it was definitely knowing that, that it was not that hard for me to do and how it's been received. A lot of people have just been really grateful for it. You know, mm. th- thankfully. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a yeah. few people, but you know, who, ah, whatever. <laughs> But for like the majority, like they've been cool about it because they know it's like reclaiming our histories, reclaiming our practices, making them accessible, not just to like, you know, the the gateway of academia. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these things aren't aren't discussed. It's not it's not common practice that we have access to them. So Mm -hmm. just for me in my heart, it was also part of of healing our psyche, healing our soul, reclaiming ourselves, reclaiming our culture reclaiming our history. So um, it was important. And I, and I feel because I put that energy into it, you know, a lot of people have also thankfully received it that way too. Good. Good. I love that so much. And I think it's so the, the work that you've put out is so important, especially talking about kind of like this reclaiming and this healing of kind of like going back and being able to reconnect with these practices because Really, before your book, I was having such a hard time finding information like this, not only in a practical how-to format, but also in English. So many of us nowadays in the U.S. who who are of Mexican mm-hmm. descent don't speak or, or read Spanish. And so a lot of the times when I was trying to find, you know, um, book versions of this information, it would either be some sort of anthropologist which is like, okay, cool. But like, I, I'm going to need something a little bit more or it was in Spanish and therefore I couldn't, I couldn't reconnect with it. And so to have your work come in in English and be so authentic and helpful and very real was such a game changer. I think not just for me, but for so many people. And so I do want to say thank you for your work Aww. and for what you've put out. And, um, you know, I've taken your classes as well as read your books. So uh, everyone who's listening, please take classes from Erica. Um, she's been one of my teachers, especially so much I have learned is from you. So um, I'm very grateful for your presence here. And thank you for doing that work to bring that here. Because I know this was uh, probably a journey that you were probably heading on anyway to learn, but then to stop along the way and share it um, has been has been so impactful, I think, too the whole community really Aww. so oh thank you jay thank you Britton. that was very sweet thank you yeah um we have uh one more question mm-hmm. before we kind of wrap up here and that is how can people best support you know latinx spiritual workers authors um what 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 do we need more of here what what how, how do we support these folks um one definitely the most the most fundamental is Buy the books. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Buy the books uh, mm-hmm. because there's there's uh, the percentage of BIPOC folks who are authors, published authors, is is pretty 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 dismal, pretty dismal. Mm-hmm. So definitely buy the books to to show the publishing companies that 
it's definitely, there's definitely a need and desire for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is absolutely important. And, and um, write reviews, write reviews, yes. you know, just, just show your love. Show, show your yeah. love. Uh, that's, that's really important because, you know, a lot of us aren't, a lot of BIPOC books are not published because it's like, oh, well, only this percentage wants to learn about this. So the population really wants mm-hmm. to, but a lot of folks want to learn, you know, we, yeah. you know, I, I like to learn about different cultures and traditions and I'm very much open to it. Yeah. I think that's so important because I think too, it's like you're saying, like, you know, a lot of people don't like to publish, you know, BIPOC people because only a certain percentage, you know, they think only a certain percentage is interested in it when number one, that's not true. But what I've ran into, and I think I've seen this sometimes with your book as well, where it's like, okay, we need to support these authors. um, But also, unless you fit into this very specific percentage or category, don't buy or engage with their work or learn from it. And it's like, no, that ends up actually doing more harm. Like you're you're protecting us so much that you're not allowing us to actually, you know, get out there. So yes, buy the book, learn the things, even if you're not from XYZ culture, buy, learn grow, understand all those things. Very important. Okay, Erica, where can people find you? Um, Where can they um, book with you, learn from you? Um, You have new cards that are coming out. Tell people all the things, all the things. Uh, So uh, realizeyourbliss.com. And that's after um, one of my mentors, uh, my third mentor, Marlena, who asked me, you know, if I was living my bliss and I just I said, realize my bliss, realize your bliss. So that's the website. Um, and I have all the services there and all kinds of information there and um, online Olympia classes that people could take. Uh, very accessible series, only $10 for an entire series. So it's accessible. Um, and yes, I have, uh, I just recently came out with uh, Mesoamerican Oracle cards that are the uh, divinatory day signs for the central Mexican and the Maya. And the book, there's a guidebook that comes with it too, that tells you what the, the contemporary meanings, what the ancient Mesoamerican and like the card itself that tells you the Nahuatl and it, or it tells you the Maya. So it's also keeping learning this language too and keeping it alive. Yeah. Um, so, and that I feel that that's incredibly important. And then like at the very bottom tells you like the contemporary spiritual significance, but the guidebook tells you a lot more. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like talking to uh, one of the ladies that, that I that I work with a lot, Nisama, and she was and I was telling her what it was, and she's like, "Oh, that's so great!" Now, you know, now the kids will be excited to do this because it's a fun way yeah. to for us to keep these traditions alive, to keep this yes. knowledge alive, and 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 to sustain it. So yeah, to uh, familiarize people with the symbols and the words and the I love that so much. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, I have all the, mm-hmm. I'm on IG um, and TikTok and Twitter and all that other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love your TikTok. Thank it's you. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much, Erica, for being here with us. We've had a wonderful time. Um, so go out, buy all the books, learn all the things. And most importantly, in the meantime, Do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, 
please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there. 